After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals 24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from Bayer. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's another edition of the Talking Mets podcast here on this Sunday, January the 8th, 2023. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check me out all the time at the TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. And you can show up on podcasts, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com. No G. Mike Silvat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com. And we now are on Instagram, TalkingMetsPodcast, no G. And of course, I want to welcome the good folks from the fan-sided podcasting network, as well as RisingApple.com. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Mets Podcast. And I'll be honest with you guys, it's another one of these uh, State of the Unions. Wanted to get back to some regular shows, but... Carlos Correa, kind of how he's hijacked, for lack of a better word, the free agency of MLB ever since Christmas, has really put a freeze on Mets talk as we, what are we on, day 18, 19, 20, whatever it is, almost three weeks since the uh, agreement with Steve Cohen in the middle of the night. So, yeah, this will be another uh, edition of uh, the Carlos Correa watch. And what's interesting is, even before I came on here at about 9 o'clock Sunday night, I made sure I went on Twitter and I will be scrolling Twitter throughout because who knows, we may be doing one of these shows where in the middle he signs and news comes out. Well, John Heyman just had some news. So let's just put it out there. Uh, you know, I don't have any information. Uh, I'm just like all of you. I had a little bit of information before the New Year holiday. Uh, you know, basically somebody told me that I had a lot of confidence in that they were bringing in a top orthopedic surgeon to look at the leg to kind of figure out how they can – get through the physical and some of the issues that were in the physical. Clearly, 
whoever they brought in, uh, one of these top orthopedic surgeons, agreed with what the Giants and their team doctors saw and what the Mets' initial team doctors saw, which is the plate in the ankle is a problem. So here we are three weeks later. The Mets are trying to negotiate a solution with Correa. Correa, obviously, and Boris don't want to give up much more money. They've already taken about a $35 million haircut from one deal to the other. And let's be fair, for a player of his ilk, a, a pretty low AAV, about $26 million, $27 million a year. Now, there are other teams lurking while the Mets negotiate this uh, with Boris and his team. You hear the Twins potentially trying to get back in with their 10-year, $285 million deal. Maybe the Red Sox are in. You know, it's like the media loves the Braves. All of a sudden, the Braves, who didn't want to go in with DeGrom on a, what turned out to be not the size deal that I thought he would get with Texas, but a very lucrative deal. They didn't want to get in with DeGrom, who everybody had pegged for wanting to go to Atlanta. He's from uh, northern Florida. You know, Atlanta would be a perfect spot for uh, DeGrom if he had uh, desired the location in that aspect. So uh, everybody has a rumor. Martino says that the Mets want to walk away. Heyman says that the Mets probably get the deal done. Jim Bowden, as you heard, uh, former GM for the Reds, on MLB Network front office with Jim Duquette, former Mets GM. This morning you heard the clip coming in. He has sources that said the deal is done. They're working out the language. Bob Nightingale believes the deal is done with Correa. So it seems like there's enough here to indicate that they're going to work this thing out. And look, let me just give you my novice educated opinion here. If this deal was going to fall apart, I think I would have already. I mean, what has changed and what why would Correa be any more patient with the Mets if he had better offers or better alternatives to go to? And I will also tell you this. This has been one of the more bizarre free agent situations that I've ever seen, maybe in the history of baseball. I mean, think about it. Correa wasn't, at least from a rumor standpoint, even our luminaries when we had our panel all the way back what was that, early November, late October, when we had our panel of luminaries, talking Mets luminaries, fans of the show that came on and gave their big ideas? Like, what are some of the big ideas that the Mets could go out and do that would make the fan base feel really jacked and pumped up? And Correa wasn't on it. Trey Turner was. This is a similar type of move, except is going to go to third base, and Mets, the luminaries wanted Turner to go to second. So Correa, not even on the radar, signs with the Giants, doesn't ripple anything that, that's going on with the Mets. Mets are focused on themselves. They're focused on, you know, maybe bringing back Michael Conforto. Can they get an outfielder? They, there is some desire to beef up the offense. Then all of a sudden you get word that the press conference is off. Correa and, and, and the Giants are on the outs. And in the middle of the night, a few days before Christmas, it's Correa-mas. And Steve Cohen signs with Boris a 12-year, $315 million deal with Correa. And ever since then... Two days later, the physical, it's been, is today the day? Is today the day? Oh, my God, are the Mets going to lose this? And the old paranoia. Remember, you know, the paranoia of being a Mets fan, even with the richest owner in the sport, an owner that has clearly shown you that his money can wash away a lot of the bad that has been going on with this franchise for two to three decades, there is still that feeling that something bad is going to be going on. Here's what I'll say. I believe Correa needs the Mets at this point. And to a certain degree, and it's really the theme of the show, the Mets kind of need Correa. They've kind of hitched their off-seasons to each other. And it's odd to say because let's take a standpoint of the Mets team right now. Uh, before all this Correa craziness, 
before Cohen, and I don't think it was Billy Epler or anybody in the front office. I think this was a Steve Cohen move. If you want to get my gut impression, Billy got the call from Steve Cohen in the middle of the night and says, I just negotiated a deal with Correa. I know that that sounds weird because I think that that is against the good principles of an owner giving autonomy to their general manager. But a deal of this nature, especially considering you have the huge 10-year deal with Lindor on the team, the deal of this nature over a decade has to be negotiated top to top with the owner. And I think that Correa has been foisted on Billy Epler. And if anything, if any of this, the, the leak, and, and I don't think Billy Epler leaks very much, but the fact that the Mets got a leak that they could be walking away f- through Martino makes you wonder, is that a Cohen leak? Because I feel Cohen is tighter with Heyman. Or is that a leak for the Mets front office on someone that's on Epler's team? Because I would think Epler would be the one to call Cohen and say, look, this is a, a risky proposition. We have the medicals. It's over a decade. This could be an albatross of a contract six or seven years from now. It could cause this team to miss out on a golden opportunity down the road. Now, a lot of us, myself included, like, well, the Mets want to win now. Cohen wants to win now. He, he wants to make that impression. But look, the goal and the job of this front office is not only to win now, but win in the future and balance those two priorities. And in a lot of ways, Correa doesn't really do that because it blows out the payroll well out into the 2030s. I mean, think about 12 years earlier where your life was, where the Mets were as an organization, and where they are now, and how different those things are, and how much happens in 12 years. That's why this has to be measured twice, you know, measured twice, measured three times, cut once, and that's what the Mets are doing. And I think there was some posturing going on in the media with Boris playing the whole, we could go to Minnesota, and the Mets saying we'll walk away. At the end, these two sides need each other. I don't think Correa gets the same kind of deal. I think he gets a lower AAV deal, uh, you know, higher AAV deal at less years. It, it, it'd be a lot for him to go back after having a $350 million deal to go down and let's say he gets a three-year million deal, a lot of money back into the market before the age of 30 or around the age of 30. But you don't know what the market's going to be in three years. You don't know what the shortstop market's going to be. You have no idea, even for an elite player, a guy that's elite on both sides of the ball, a game changer, who would be a game changer for San Francisco, and certainly a player that the Twins know is a game changer. Now, for the Mets, it's a little different because logic tells you that they improved their team this offseason. Before Correa, Correa wasn't even on any radar. We weren't thinking about it. If this Correa shenanigans never happened, let's go into the time warp. Let's go back right before Christmas. Cohen never picks up the phone. He's out in Hawaii. He misses Boris's call. Boris goes to Minnesota to make the deal. Now Minnesota's got this whole problem with the physical. Mets never get into it. We're not sitting here gnashing our teeth, worried about, Correa, and in some ways, if this falls apart and doesn't happen, there is going to be a contingent of fans and media that are going to start to question, well, are the Mets good enough to be with the Braves? Are the Mets now, you know, the Phillies go out and acquire a couple of, you know, interesting bullpen arms. Well, are they even as good as the Phillies? You'll hear all that kind of stuff. And it's a, it's a shame because when you look at the Mets roster, they kept an elite one-two punch at the top of the rotation. They, for the most part, yes, I could argue the Bassett-Senga situation, but if you look three, four, and five, they are not 
they're not that much worse. Worst case scenario, maybe Seng is a little inconsistent. You know, maybe the Bassett situation you can argue, but any kind of health you get out of the top of the rotation, one, two, would mitigate any kind of downgrade that you'd get from the three spot, which was where Bassett was. Their bullpen clearly is better. You bring back the elite closer that was the best closer in the game. You bring back his setup man, and you actually move his setup man to the seventh inning because you bring it, go out and sign another closer in Robertson. So now you have a closer in the ninth, a closer in the eighth, a closer in, in the seventh, or pseudo-closer in, in uh, Adovino. You get yourself a nice situational lefty that could actually get righties out from Tampa Bay. So the bullpen is better. The bullpen's better than it was at any point last year. And the bullpen, even though we always thought it needed to be upgraded, performed pretty well. It wasn't a it wasn't a a weakness like we all thought. Now, offensively, you've pretty much brought the band back by signing Nimmo. You've upgraded catcher a little bit. Narvarez is probably going to be a little bit better offensively. I mean, how much worse could you get than McCann? Even though Thomas Nito showed us a little bit at the end of the year, he's a guy that I think could walk into a couple of long balls but is never going to hit consistently. He's a glove guy. So offensively, without Correa, when you put Escobar back into the situation, Escobar, a solid veteran who had some big hits down the stretch, played really well from about middle of August when he returned from the injured list at the end of the year, a guy that's known as a good clubhouse guy, a glue guy, nothing wrong with that, streaky player, most of the year he was disappointing, but maybe there was, other, you know, Bucket indicated there was other things going on. Maybe you look at that team and you say, well, it's the same group. Now, there is some potential with the young guys like Beatty, like Alvarez, like Vientos. Maybe they can spike up that offense a little bit. Look, I posted this over at Instagram, and if you're not following me on Instagram, you should be because I give you like little longer form writing over there. Talking Mets no G on Instagram. I talked about Darren Ruff and uh, Daniel Vogelback, and I'm basically saying, look, together these guys, Vogelback is elite against right-handed pitching. He's up there with McNeil and Alonzo and, and guys like that in terms of production, Nimmo. Ruff is a guy that could hit righties historically at a very high rate, at an OPS over 800, had a tough two months in New York. Doesn't take away from a career that indicate. And, and, and by the way, he played for a Giants team and, and was an important part of a Giants team that won 107 games just a year earlier. So you look at all that, and you're like, well, the Mets are better offensively. Maybe not much, but they're a team that, if you look at the team that scored about five runs a game-ish, maybe slightly below late in the year, that's what you're going to get. And with the starting pitching in the bullpen, that should be enough to compete and win. But what Correa does is take this offense to the next level and put the Mets into a, a pantheon where... They leave a lot of question marks to the side with Correa in there. I ran the calculator from Baseball Musings. They are high end, low end. They're going to win. Uh, they're going to score over five runs a game, probably north of that, probably about five point two runs per game. And well, I'm, that's a confidence level. There's no s- spread. You know, sometimes you run this calculator. There's a spread between four point five to five point two, and you figure they're going to fall into the midpoint here. Not with Correa. No matter what the spread was, they were in the five runs or more per game pantheon. You know, that's the goal. That's the number you want them to hit. So you factor that part in, which removes some of the question marks about the offense, the brownouts that the offense could have. You know, if Ruff doesn't play well again, if Vogelback 
who is a platoon player, you know, somehow doesn't perform against right-handed pitching. You know the situation that the catcher position is more of a, a glove scenario. Now you're looking at a lineup that is relying on Escobar being the Escobar we saw late in the year. Uh, elite performances from Lindor and Pete Alonso. You need McNeil to continue to be the batting champion McNeil that, that he was. And look, we'll talk about this as we get closer to spring training. You have a guy that has a big $160 million contract in center field that now is getting paid to perform. There is going to be some pressure on him in Brandon Nimmo. And then, of course, you have Starling Marte, who's that solid, you know, superstar that doesn't always feel like a superstar because you don't get talked about. But he's a superstar. He's such an important part of the offense. You saw that when he broke his finger later in the year. So, really, these two sides need each other. The Mets offseason, all the good that happened, all the platitudes for Cohen, it will be dampened a little bit if this falls apart. Now, I will tell you, if the Mets walk away, You'll never hear me criticize it. They cannot, despite the fact I just made the statement that this offseason will be dampened and potentially the team will be knocked, scushed down in terms of projections. You have to do that when you take a gold glover away from a... uh, When you take a guy like Correa out of the lineup completely, you push a scooch down. But if the Mets walk away and Cohen walks away over a flagged physical, there's a good reason for that. Remember Kumar Rocker? They walked away, and they, you know, that was a, a tough spot, a team that needed to beef up a farm system. They're going to walk away from Correa if they can't come to some kind of accord, which gives the Mets some protection. I mean, let's face it. It's a plate in his ankle. Yeah, it hasn't had a problem in eight years, but what about eight years from now? What about three years from now? What about five years from now? What if, what if he hits 30? You don't want to just have three, four years of Correa elite performance, then you're stuck with an albatross contract for eight years? Think about the David Wright contract and think about how much of an albatross that was at the end. And you really, you got, you know, he was he signed in 2012, so you got 12, 13, 14, 15. You only got four years. I think that was an eight-year deal. You got four years out of him. Imagine if you had another four years, you would still be paying David Wright. Think about Josh Hamilton and how that contract went awry for the Anaheim Angels. Albert Pujols, yeah, Pujols had a great year this year, this past year playing part-time and then full-time down the stretch for the Cardinals, but it didn't look great for the Angels for a while. You know, these, con- these contracts could get bad quick and can hamper your payroll, even with the richest owner in sports, in this sport. Mets fans, I want to take a quick break from talking baseball and let you know about the next top prospect in building a smart home. Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is that big-time new star prospect. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is a smart lock, a 2K resolution camera, and a doorbell. It's three devices in one. Triple the security. You know triples are rare in baseball, but not with Eufy. You can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but also for convenience. Just the other night, I had tons of packages in the rain. Rather than fumble for my keys, I easily entered my home. This is big since I have four dogs who are impatiently waiting for me at the door. No more concerns about losing keys, and you could assign passwords to your family members. Worried about when your loved ones are getting home? Eufy allows you to see them coming back home via the integrated camera. Hey Mets fans, this is a home run. I had a competitive product before Eufy, and it's the difference between a one-dimensional hitter and a five-tool player. Eufy is that five-tool superstar. 
Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com to learn more. Already sold? Go to Amazon and get your Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Want to go to the store? Best Buy will have it starting around May 20th. Get complete control over your front door at ease with the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I mean, it's still a $315 million commitment. We can't take that lightly. It's so easy to say, just get it done. Well, that's not how business works. Now, from the Correa standpoint, I cannot see how he emotionally invests in New York, invests in playing alongside his buddy Lindor. Apparently, A-Rod was one of his idols. He's pretty much following the career path of A-Rod over here, except instead of going to the Bronx, coming to the Mets. He clearly wants New York. Basically, Boris and Correa camp, according to Heyman, did everything in their power to get the Yankees involved before they went to the Mets, before the whole Giants scenario. Didn't happen. You know, maybe the Yankees changed their mind on a short-term deal. But does he want what he did with Minnesota, which was his way of taking a, a market that, that wasn't in his favor, that wasn't materializing with the big deal a year ago, taking the short-term deal with a couple of opt-outs, does he really want to do that again and go back out in the market? And, how, and think about how it is for him. He just... You know, you go on a short-term deal, you're leaving $200-plus million on the table. That's a lot of money. It's a, you, know, you could say it's monopoly money, and he's, his life isn't going to change, and that's all true. But nobody wants to take a $35 million haircut like he did, and now you're going to take another one? So they really need each other. And I can't see this not getting done. I really don't. Now, as far as the story here, what's interesting about this whole thing This is very NBA-ish, where you have the off the field taking control of the offseason, off the field drama or narratives. Think about this past summer in the NBA, Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks, Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. You know, how many times has LeBron, you know, when he opted out of Cleveland the first time and then Miami the second time has created a narrative through the offseason? Kevin Durant, you know, potentially being traded. The NBA consistently has, and it gets a little bit tiresome where the tail wags the dog, where the players now kind of push their way to their own situation. It takes player empowerment to the next level. But the popularity of the NBA has a lot to do with the personalities on the court, but as much to do with some of the soap opera drama that gets drummed up, mainly with LeBron James and guys like Kevin Durant, but some of that involves... Movement, you know, players pushing their way out of scenarios, players banding together to make super teams. And with Correa and what's been going on with Correa, I think 
you're seeing it happen in baseball, and it's been going on for three weeks. And in a lot of ways, you're talking about baseball. Yeah, we're talking about baseball here in New York, but I bet you, I know they're talking about baseball in Minnesota in the middle of the Vikings and their Super Bowl run. They're talking about baseball. We're talking about baseball in San Francisco. Niners playing great out there. I mean, you're in the middle of the football, week 18, NFL, staring down the barrel of the NFL postseason. Super Bowl's just a few weeks away. We're talking baseball. Now, we do that here in New York, and we always do that on this show. But I think this kind of thing, as wonky as it is, as obnoxious as it is, and I've heard, I've seen the tweets, oh, I'm so exhausted and tired of it. I am too. I am too. But it's good for the sport. It creates this drama that when it lands in the Mets' favor, and I believe it will, we'll, we'll breathe a sigh of relief, we'll laugh, and it'll be a story. It'll be something we'll talk about years down the road. Mets win a championship, whether it be this coming year or years down the road with Correa as part of it. We'll talk about that in the Pantheon. Now, one day in the archive when we're doing a look back, when we're doing the show, God willingly, 20 years from now, We'll look back and say, remember that crazy offseason when Correa was in the balance? His whole free agency stood in the balance for about three weeks through Christmas and New Year. How we had to do three podcasts about him. We had the one. I didn't think I didn't think we'd have the next one. And then here we are on the third. I really almost feel like I haven't had a real show or chance to speak with you guys because since the holiday, I had the Correa Mus emergency podcast. And then we took the Christmas break. And I figured, okay. And then I promised maybe we do something from the vault. And then I'm waiting, I'm waiting on Correa, I'm waiting on Correa, the physical, the physical, the physical. I'm like, this is crazy. And then I had to come to you with an update right before New Year. And I even said on that show, I'm like, ah, look, give it till Tuesday, Wednesday after New Year. This will get resolved. Here we are a week. It was New Year's Day a week ago. And we still don't have a resolution. It's crazy. It's the most bizarre free agency I've ever seen. And of course it involves Steve Cohen. Of course it involves the Mets. Of course. But I, I think all the signs, I mean, forget any burner account or MLB scoops or MLB rumors, nothing against those accounts. I know that you know they've had some info that seems to be fairly good on Twitter. Go with what you know. You know Heyman has contacts. You know he has a line to, uh, to Cohen. You know it. It's been proven. That's not summation. It's proven. The guy broke the story. You know Heyman historically has had a line to Boris. Martino has historically had a line to the Mets front office. Bowden, guy has, you know, former GM, MLB network. Maybe he's a little bit down the food chain in his sources on this, but a guy like that doesn't come out on the radio show. Now, he didn't tweet it. He didn't come out on the radio show. He didn't even say it's a done deal. He basically said, I have a a good source. You heard the quote. You heard the audio coming in. I have a good quote. It's probably going to happen. And then you have Bob Nightingale, who's been pretty clued in. Now, the same guy who said Trevor Bauer was met, and he wasn't. But that's another story for another day, and it does happen. And Heyman did report the Aaron Judge to the Giants. Look, it's been a tough offseason for the rumor mill. And I said this, I've tweeted about this a while. It should be the MLB speculation stove. But I will say, when it comes to this Correa stuff, I think even the mainstream media realizes that the fans have had enough. Like We started to get some of that clickbait between Christmas and New Year with Correa, where they're repeating the same thing and trying to package it as news. And you could tell the fans were getting annoyed and there was a lot of call-outs on that. So you've seen it 
dial back. I mean, look, they even understand their business model is in jeopardy of, of, of a revolt that if you continue to do that. You tease the fans with this Correa stuff, you're going to have a revolt. Your credibility is going to be shot. So uh, here's what I see. I, I, I don't have a prediction. My last prediction was nowhere near. I said by Tuesday, January 2nd, 3rd, 4th, this would be done. I do believe it'll be done this week. Uh, I do believe he'll be a Met. It will be interesting where this thing lands. And anybody who says they know what the contract situation is going to be or the terms are going to be, they don't. I mean, they've kept this pretty locked down. You've just, in the last 48 or so hours, started to hear leaks, some of which reeked of negotiation between the Boris and, and the Cohen camps. And, I mean, you get this Mets YouTuber, who I don't even know who this was until yesterday, uh, talking to Cohen at some event where Cohen is getting fan feedback about how to rebuild. Finally, it took you know 60 years, the trash dump next to the city field. Cohen's addressing it, and maybe the city will cooperate, how they could build up an area that it's so underutilized. A beautiful area that could be beautiful for for not just baseball, but for so many reasons. And this YouTuber talks to Cohen and gets a quote. I mean, what kind of a crazy world are we in? It really is. It's crazy. So that's what I have for you. I'm just coming to you. The real debate, the real question I'll leave you with, is the Mets offseason hinge? Does the Mets offseason hinge on Carlos Correa? And the answer is nuts and bolts on paper, no. The Mets still have a really good team. Emotionally, it does, and I think that the Correa signing on the offensive side takes away, will mitigate some of the question marks that you have with age in the rotation. Obviously, bullpens, you have no idea how they're going to perform year in and year out. There may be some regression on Adovino and Diaz, and you're putting a lot of stock in, without Correa, young bats like Beatty and Alvarez and Vientos potentially contributing and that's a dangerous thing for a contending team. And you're also putting a lot of pressure. And I think if you look at the Mets' offense, they got nothing out of the DH spot. They got very, they got nothing out of catching. They got very little of the DH spot, more after the Vogelback uh, uh, acquisition. They relied a good chunk of their hot summer. They relied on a very hot Pete Alonso, a very hot Lindor. And when you have a lineup that's really predicated on two or three guys carrying it while the others are not as consistent, uh, that's a dangerous thing. Now, that always is the way things happen in baseball. You have two or three or four guys hot at one time, and the rest aren't. You never have eight or nine guys hot at one time, or else you'd score 15 runs a game. But when you have a Correa in the lineup, you have a better shot at those two or three guys being hot, being elite players. And this guy has had postseason experience. Um, You know, he's a gold glove. Everything you'd want out of him, out of a player, is there, and you're going to slide him into a position of need. Escobar will be a free agent at the end of the year. I'm not a big fan of Beatty at third. Again, the bat, we'll see where it develops. I'm not so sure that the glove, uh, it's spotty to me. Clearly, he can get better, but I'd like him to work a little bit on that in AAA. I mean, I didn't see a guy that I trusted to hand over the third base position for a championship-caliber team other than to sub in like he did for a couple of weeks when Escobar was on the injured list. You know, you're going to rely on Alvarez behind a plate. You have no idea what these guys are going to be. This eliminates all of it. And emotionally, this falling apart, 
I think it'll be a, even though it shouldn't be, it'll be a downer for Mets fans. Now, you could rationalize this away. You could say Otani next year and Machado next year. You have no idea if those guys want to be here, what their markets will look like, and how those negotiations pan out. It's the old bird in hand, two in the bush. To me, Machado's two in the bush. Similar type of players, Correa plays their base. Um, you don't know what that's going to look like. San Diego could sign him to an extension before then or restructure his contract. You have no idea. Otani, you know, Anaheim's going to have a new ownership group. You have no idea how that's going to play out. Dodgers have been dormant this offseason. No idea how that's going to play out. All of a sudden, they may get bananas. You don't know if Otani likes New York. He may like being on the West Coast. So you have the bird in hand. And if you could responsibly bring this over the finish line, where there's some protection for the Mets on what is a serious injury discovered in the physical, then you got to get this done. Because I think both sides have kind of gone down this road. And in a lot of ways, Correa is in a worse position because he's already walked away from one big deal. You walk away from a second big deal, you are not getting another $300 million deal. You'll get a long, you'll get a high AAV short-term deal. And maybe you'll get something similar in terms of guaranteed money that the Mets are offering, maybe a little bit more with this. They're going to ask these teams for the same opt-outs. You think team doctors in Minnesota or Boston or, or Atlanta, whoever, are going to say, eh, the Mets doctors, eh, the Giants doctors, they're quacks. I mean, from what I understand, the Mets flew in an independent top orthopedic surgeon to look at this darn thing. It's simple here. It's simple. So anyway, that's what I have for you. I hope we get a resolution and we got to get back on a regular multi-segment show schedule. Um, Hope everybody's having a great new year, you know, ready to go. What's the schedule going to be like? Look, we're back on schedule. When the Korea news comes down, one way or the other, we'll probably have a show in between. I have some thoughts on that. A couple of weeks from now, we have to do our Hall of Fame show like we do all the time. Have some thoughts on that. Carlos Beltran is going to be a big topic in the Hall of Fame discussion. I think it'll be interesting to dive into his career. And then, you know, we're like 38, 37 days away from pitchers and catchers. It's crazy. Once you get to New Year, once you get past the holiday, it's like the season's right in front of you. And uh, that's why it's really important to get this Correa stuff wrapped up. Little bit things around the roster. Maybe, you know, there's a couple of bullpen arms you could grab. Obviously, they need some outfield depth. A.J. Pollock was someone that I that was connected to the Mets. He clearly went out to Seattle with a $7 million deal. This is all, a lot of the other moves are being held up. And look, Correa doesn't even have a roster spot with the Mets. They got to, like, I mean, like they could designate somebody off the roster to put them on, but they got to get him a roster spot. So we have a lot to talk about, and this is holding it up. So hopefully in the next 48 hours, 24 hours, hopefully tonight, look, I'll even click on the damn uh, link of Twitter right before I get off, because if I get off, and there's news. Look at this. No, you know, no, no news. Look at this. Yeah, no news. So anyway, the last thing is, Heyman says, it's likely that Correa and the Mets are going to work out a deal. So that's all I have for you. Hey, um, love for you if you're listening, if you're on Instagram, uh, decided to open up an Instagram account. Don't know where it's going to go. It's not something I've ever done before. I've been on Twitter now since 2010, 2011, I think 2010, 2009 maybe. Long time. It was one of the you know the early days of Twitter, and that's really where the growth of the show happened. But there was a uh, uh, you know some people who had talked about going on Instagram and what the goal of Instagram will be. Uh, to make this very brief, as I wrap up here, 
is to take a thought, expand upon it a little bit more than just the 200 characters and try to attach it to a new audience or an audience that can engage with the show in other formats. Because if they're hanging out on there, they're consuming their Mets content on there, I'd like this show to be on there. Not really going to be linking the show in its entirety over there. It's going to be more written. Probably could eventually probably will post some short clips of different shows to give you a taste of what maybe you're not if you're not listening to it, what you could be listening to. But ultimately, the hub is the show. It's the subscription. Most of you subscribe on Apple. Few of you subscribe on Spotify. You can get this show anywhere. I mean, I'm pretty much you know iHeartRadio. I'm on pretty much everywhere. So if you got like a weird podcasting network that you like and that's where you subscribe, I'm not there. Let me know. I could probably get on there. Um, the guys at Fansided Podcasting Network are great. The Red Circle Media platform is awesome. We're growing. We had a great 2022, and now it's 2023 New Year. So we're going to try this uh, pretty much every day. I'll try to put something up, you know, maybe every other day. It's only going to be, it's not going to be a barrage of multiples in a day. This is a, a spot where you put out something thought provoking, hopefully, and uh, it's a chance to interact in a different way. And I'll link it to Twitter. You know, if you guys want to go over on Twitter and, and link through and everything, if you're not on Instagram, then just stay on Twitter. Just if you don't like either one of them, and I don't blame you if you don't like either one of them, they could be exhausting, then just listen to me on the regular show. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change here. So it's the same show and uh i'm continuing to look at opportunities to grow this community to grow this universe to give you the content that you've come accustomed to and and hopefully uh make it better you know every year i've, I've told you guys every year since i left the metsmerized network back in the middle of the 2019 season we've grown we've grown in audience we've grown in stature we've grown in in quality that's my opinion but i've heard that from others so why stop? So there's our opportunity there to add something. Let's see where it goes. Hey, Mike Silvat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com. No G. Send me feedback. Love to hear from you. All right, that's it. You can check me out all the time at the TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. And do the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, like I said, Mike Silvat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com. No G. Mike Silvat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com. You can get me on Instagram now. Talking Mets podcast, no G. And you could get, of course, you could go to the fan site of Podcasting Network. I love that one there. Love those guys. Love the guys at risingapple.com. Check them out. I'm your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Sit tight, man. This Korean stuff is coming to an end. Relax. I think it'll all be good in the end. Until then, take care of me.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20.